Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and we got a great show for you. We're talking play-in tournament basketball. We're talking about Toronto. And more importantly, the nation of Canada kind of messing with the integrity of the playoffs, possibly. And we're going to order up the top five players that could possibly challenge Shohei Otani for MVP this year. But we're going to start with, are you ready for some football? Because it is back after a long, long hiatus. The USFL is back to take the mantle of spring football. They start this coming Saturday. And we need to temper our expectations just a little bit. But football is back and we need to embrace that fact. Led by Jordan Ta'amu, Paxton Lynch, and the immortal Kyle Lawletta. These are the faces of your USFL. So, it remains to be seen what kind of brand of football we're going to get. But I can tell you this much. We do have some star power in terms of coaching. You have Todd Haley, former head coach in the NFL, former coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is manning the ship of the Tampa Bay Bandits, who are the overall favorite to win the USFL championship if you, you know, follow the guys in Vegas. And then you have Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher, the head coach of the Michigan Panthers with the immortal Paxton Lynch back. So we will see, you know, what what happens this year. But we got to be excited because... Football is king in this country, and football is officially back. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? And are you man, excited for this? I mean, listen, they should uh, they should hire you to do their PR, because up until our production meeting, I didn't even know it was starting this weekend. <laughs> uh, you hyped it up better than they've been hyping it up. I mean... Uh, they got to take it slow. Uh, I'm interested to see it uh, just, uh, you know, in passing. Uh, baseball has surprisingly been really exciting lately, so that's been taking up a lot of my spare time over um, basketball. Uh, but I'm interested I'm interested to see the product. Um, you know, I want to I wanna see how they're going to compete. I want to see competence on the football field. And I need some some excitement out of it. So, you know, I, I was always I always like Todd Haley. I like Eric Fisher. Um, I'm not I'm not a Paxton Lynch guy, and I'm I'm not familiar with a lot of the players. I know 
you know, we, we looked over the rosters before this started. No, no name jumps out at me. Like, oh, that guy, Michigan's quarterback, right? I remember him. Like, nothing, nothing stood out to me where it's like, okay, I want to see this. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Absolutely, and I know you mentioned the fact that I should be the unofficial hype man for the USFL, but if we're to kind of deal with this by comparison, right? The XFL announced its head coaches today, and that got way more buzz than the fact that the USFL is actually kicking off its season, its inaugural return. So the XFL announced its head coaches. You have Reggie Barlow, Anthony Becht, Terrell Buckley, Jim Hazlitt, okay, Wade Phillips, okay, Bob Stoops, you know, college, fine, Heinz Ward, Good for Heinz Ward. You know, I think he was coaching in the AF. So he's he's back. He went from the AF to the XFL. And Rod Woodson. So kudos to these guys. It's head coaching positions. It may not be the NFL, but it could be the next step to the NFL, especially for, you know, guys that want to get a little bit of seasoning. So it's definitely concerning that just announcing the coaches of a league that is a year away from happening has kind of uh, lapped the progress of the USFL, but slow and steady wins the race. I will tune in just because I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I tuned, I watched the AF, I watched the XFL both times just to see out of perverse curiosity, right? It's kind of like the same same reason why people watch car accidents, right? The, the rubbernecking. They want to see what the hell's going on. So, in, in a way, this will be rubbernecking watching. And, I mean, I have no horse in this race. I have, no, you know, I, I... Yeah, the New Jersey Generals. Woo! Okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll claim the New Jersey Generals since my team plays in New Jersey even though they rep New York. But, you know, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, they're playing Saturday night against the Birmingham Stallions. What the heck? I got nothing to do on Saturday night. I might as well tune in for a half and see if it's any good. But we digress. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. Scotty Scheffler. Congratulations. You took home the green jacket. 
Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. However, the story of the, the show, the story of the tournament, was one Mr. Eldrick Woods. Yes, Tiger is back, ladies and gentlemen, after a car accident that nearly killed him. After arduous physical therapy, Tiger Woods not only played, he walked it, he finished the tournament. He was not in contention, but everybody was buzzing about how good Tiger Woods looked. So how should the winner, Scotty Scheffler, feel about his Masters victory being overshadowed by the return of Mr. Tiger Woods? Yeah, I, I feel like he should be really upset about it, right? Uh, and maybe this is just me. I'm, I personally am just tired of Tiger Woods being the story. Um, Tiger was going almost double the speed limit. And he nearly killed himself in a car crash. Destroyed his leg, his back. And then, even though he was not drunk, an empty bottle of prescription medication was found in the car. Um, you know, we don't know what happened. Thank God he survived. But thank God he didn't take anybody's life. But, I mean, Scheffler is on his way to being, like, a big-time golfer. If he's not a big-time golfer already, right? He won the Phoenix Open. He won the Arnold Palmer International. And Sunday, he won the Masters. I mean, the golf community and golf fans should really be getting on this guy. And that's the pride. Maybe that's the problem with golf is golf doesn't have, like, a true identity outside of its, what, like, you'd say it's top three or four guys, right? You know, Scheffler comes in and wins and Dustin Johnson comes in and wins. But still, everyone wants to know how Phil did. Everyone wants to know how Tiger did. Uh, everyone wants to know, like, you know, uh, how uh, Fowler did. Like, so I don't know. I mean, if I think I think it's a discredit to him for really having having an amazing weekend, and and just it's not fair that that Tiger is overshadowing and finishing in forty seventh place. <laughs> no, absolutely. And there's two point seven million reasons why Scotty Scheffler is going to be okay. So congratulations, that's a good purse. But if you're looking at the future of golf, right? You're looking at guys like Scheffler. Rory McIlroy finished in second. Colin Morikawa finished in fifth. You're looking at Justin Thomas tied for eighth. Charles Schwartzel tied for tenth. Dustin Johnson tied for twelfth. Danny Willett, who won a Masters, also twelfth. I mean, and then... Where's Bryson DeChambeau? You know, he where, where's that? He got guy? hurt, right? Yeah, he got so hurt, right? He's yeah. Gone. yeah, no one, no so, one even talked. Yeah, no one even really talked about how he had the, he couldn't finish and he's getting like hand surgery. Like, these are all like the backstories of the day. Yeah. It was, oh man, Tiger Fish went under, I think, after the first day. And it's just like everyone's like hyping it up. It's just like, well, we got to move forward. Like, he's, he, you know, he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna pass Nicholas. Not, I just don't think so. So can we move forward? Can we get hyped about another golfer, another up-and-coming guy? Like, why does it always have to be Tiger? And maybe I'm ignorant to this because, you know, I know it was 25 years ago. I think he won the first Masters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's everybody's, like, you know, he's, he's everybody's Michael Jordan, it seems, in golf. But I'm pretty sure that there are guys that 
there are guys that revere him, but there are guys that are better than him. You know, I think McElroy is better than him. I, I, I think Phil is way better than him. I think Phil, to me, is one of the best golfers. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's the accident. I don't know if I'm just fatigued from always hearing about him. Um, it's just that I want I want something new, and and, and golf itself should be trying to attract the new the new audience, a uh, new crowd. No, I can. That you're 100 right. But if you're looking at these guys, right, what was this the beef between DeChambeau and Kepka? I think though that is what was driving golf. You know, Patrick Reed is an asshole that doesn't drive golf. You know, uh, John Rahm. He's a good player, but not a personality. Tony Finau, been listen. If we try to hype up Tony Finau for years, right? Webb Simpson, okay. Webb Simpson's decent. Patrick Cantlay. You I mean you have guys out here who have talent, but like you said, you know, people just want to talk about Tiger Woods because Tiger Woods is they want that comeback story. You know, they want to remember Tiger as that, that what you dominant think it is? force. You think it's you think it's just like it's story driven, it's media driven. You think that's what's driving it? It has to be because he sat out for how long? You know, it's a it's something they want to sink their teeth into because there's no juice. You know, Tiger has been the story since what 1997 yeah. from go back to the days of Seve Ballesteros really not welcoming him on the tour to Tiger Woods being a dominant force to the the first car accident now he had his comeback he had his masters win you ha- and now this again like it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride and golf needs personality like go- golf you if you're going to attract new eyes right like much in the same way that tennis will struggle with this once Federer's gone and once Djokovic is gone and once uh, Rafael Nadal once they're gone once the Williams sisters are gone people are gonna want personality they're not gonna want just excellence they're going you're going to have to bring more to the table and I don't know if there's I mean there may be somebody down the pipe, right? There might be somebody who's like six years old right now who's going to eventually be the person who takes this mantle. But right now, like, golf is struggling. Golf needs personalities and they're going to latch on to whoever they can. And right now, it's it's Tiger Woods. It's the, you know, it's the Tiger Woods that's clearly in decline. The only thing I will disagree with you on is that I feel like tennis does a better job of like when Federer gets knocked out or Djokovic knocks out, they do a better job of rallying behind whoever's left. I remember a couple of years, Andy Murray was that guy, right? Ah, uh, Murray. Yeah, yeah, and he was the guy that kind of you know the the top dogs were out. And it's like, well, Andy Murray's still here; he's going strong. Or even Naomi Osaka. When she was rising up, it was like, oh, this is a young girl. She's she's doing well. Like she she like I don't think golf does a good job of rallying behind like the next man up when it came to like Saturday and Sunday. It's like on Saturday and Sunday, 
it, we should have been hearing more about Scheffler. Instead, we were hearing where Tiger was and how, right. and how proud we were that he he was so brave to walk the course and give this a try. Well, well, how about where like where's Westwood? Where's Matsuyama? Yeah. Like where's McIntyre? Where's Garcia? Like where where are they? Like let's talk a little bit about them. They're at least in front of him. Right. What is what do they need to do? To, you know over you know to overcome or what are they gonna do the next time so well yeah, how I much think- of this is also golf hyping up the wrong people I and mean, like you're mentioning like Sergio Garcia was supposed to be the rival right Sergio, he never wins Sergio he couldn't time, sniff right? Tiger Woods's jock yeah uh who else Ricky Fowler the only thing Ricky Fowler is good at is wearing orange Jordan Spieth <laughs> Jordan Spieth started out hot and then what happened like they get behind guys, but they're getting behind guys that can't deliver. And even Rory, you know, e- even Rory falls into that boat. Rory started out phenomenally, and in reality, he's just another guy. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave, from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. SweetLifeBrownieCo, because there's always room for a brownie. It's just a weird sport, but you know what's not a weird sport is basketball. Now we're heading into the playoffs. The end of the season happened last week. We got playing games today, yesterday, but the Bucks rested all of their stars in the final game of the season and to lock into the number three spot for the NBA postseason. Were the Bucks wise to choose to play the Bulls in the first round of the playoffs rather than possibly playing the Cavs and the Nets after the playing game? They're going into this series with the Bulls. The Bulls are depleted, whereas you are coming into a scenario where Kyrie Irving is now allowed back into the building full-time. So you have a relatively rested Kyrie Irving, a motivated Kevin Durant, that's definitely a team that is, you know, on the come. They did beat the Cavaliers last night, so that's something, it's a matchup that you need to be worried about in the future. That would have been a huge embarrassment if they bowed out to the Cavaliers in the first round of the play-in tournament, the Nets. But as far as the Bucks go, like, you know, injuries to Caruso, Injuries to Lonzo Ball. It's a good story, you know, but 
if you look at this roster, is DeMar DeRozan going to be that guy? In the past, DeMar DeRozan was the guy that teams traded and got better. So who's going to show up? The guy from the beginning of the year that wanted to prove a point? Or the guy that was effectively just good enough to get you beat? That leaves you in Zach Levine. Is how good is Zach Levine? We're going to find out because they're going up against the Milwaukee Bucks. They're going up against a juggernaut. You have their third in the league in points per game. They're second in the league in rebounds per game. They are going to get theirs. Can the Bulls match up with them? I don't think they can. So it a, I think it's a wise decision on the Bucks' part to kind of cherry pick their opponent because now they're getting the right opponent at the right time for them. Yeah, my response might surprise you. I kind of, I kind of disagree. Like I'm always a proponent of playing the games. Like you know, I, I always thought it was foolish when the Colts would rest their players at the end of the season just because they locked up the one seed and they locked up home field advantage as a football experience. Uh, you know, um, comparison. But I just think it was foolish for the Bucks to rest their players and not compete for a higher seed. The Bucks should want to play the Nets now, right? It's like, I would not want the Nets to build cohesion. Like, Kyrie is just coming back. It's Ramadan. He's not eating all day. He's just playing. He's just eating at night and playing the games. Ben Simmons hasn't played yet. You got to assume that he's going to assemble, you know, he's going to get into the rotation soon and start playing. Like, I want to I want to punch the Nets in the mouth right now. I don't want them to go in and, like, sweep the Celtics or, you know, maybe take, maybe, you know, beat the Celtics in six games and really find rhythm at the end. Also, I don't want injuries to play a part. Like, my team is strong now. We're healthy now. We're playing our best basketball now. I want to play you right now. I want to get this over with, you know. That's that's my mentality, and I think that's the mentality that the Bucks should have had in this situation. Well, I also don't know. It's going to be a good, hotly contested series between the Celtics and the Nets. I can definitely, if I'm looking at this from their perspective, I might see it as this is going to be a series of attrition, right? Game six, game seven. Are you going to get the best shot in the next round? Maybe not. Maybe the Celtics and Nets will punch themselves out and I just can pick the bones. Or if there's an injury... My, possibly anything can happen so yeah I mean inj- injuries can go either way I mean I'm just looking at the numbers of this and I'm pretty sure like in NBA history I don't think a five I don't think anything like higher than a five or six seed ever won the championship I mean yeah there's a first time for everything and the Nets are a special case I guess but um, I just wouldn't want I just wouldn't want them to get rolling I wouldn't want them to get steamed I saw what they did against me in, like, what was it, the Eastern Conference Finals? Or mm-hmm. they played them in the quarterfinals. Like, I don't want it to come down to that again. I know that this team is just gelling. They're just starting to play together. Uh, ben Simmons hasn't even really got in here. I got a chance to punch these guys in the mouth and and not have to worry about it for the rest of the, the, rest of the finals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I see where you're coming from. But... Um... 
I don't know. I, this like really... you shouldn't fear anybody, right? You're the def- no. aren't they the defending champions? The Bucks defending... are the defending champions. They defend. Yes. We're, we're the defending champions. We had a chance to finish as the one, two, or three seed. We shouldn't be afraid to play the net. We shouldn't be afraid to play anybody, right? We're the best. Isn't that the mentality? I think Michael Jordan would have been like, yo, we should take a three seed because uh, I'm worried about Chris Webber and the Bullets. Like, really, like, come on. Like, if we're going to really compare things, you think Shaq and Kobe are like, yo, we shouldn't finish as the one seed. We should finish as the three because I'm kind of worried about the Phoenix Suns or I'm kind of worried about the Sacramento Kings. Like, doesn't that just sound silly? Like, right? Doesn't that sound silly? Because essentially that's what you're that's what you're saying or that's what you're dealing with. Essentially, it's what you're doing, but sometimes your team is not equipped to make that happen. And if you look at, you know, historically, only two eight seeds have ever knocked off the one. So it has happened. Stranger things have happened. But we are also discounting the fact that the Miami Heat are also in this too. So as, you know, as much as we want to make this like a, not even a two horse, not even a two horse race, because, you know, that Celtics and Celtics Nets is really a pick from what I can see. Like, the Nets really underachieved this year, and it's all because their own doing. It's their own doing. So, to and me, our, pep t- our pep talk helped the Celtics get into the two seed, by the way. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, Boston, don't say we didn't do anything for you, but if the Nets don't... So, we've gone over this many a time, and what... Indi- it's Finals are bust, right, for the Nets. It's got to be finals are bust, right? In order for this to be a success? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, the only thing I would say is Kyrie really, I mean, well, Kyrie didn't play most of the year. They lost James Harden. Ben Simmons isn't playing. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. They should. Yeah, they should. They should. I mean, but, you know, moving on, you know, after playing no games in the regular season, the Nets, Ben Simmons did not even play in the playing game last night. Uh, when will we see Ben Simmons over or under five five postseason games for Ben Simmons this year? Under, absolutely under. Yeah, right. That's yeah. So honestly, I I think under because he's not going to play versus the Celtics, and I don't think I think the Celtics. Is he definitely gonna, ruled out of that series? He's, he's not. He's playing. not ruled out, but I don't think oh. they're. I don't think he's going to play at this yeah. point. Like, what's it going to take? Like, when is he going to suit up? You know, at, at this point, it doesn't matter. Like, you, that trade was made to get the other guys. It was made to get Seth Curry. Like, we'll call that the Seth Curry trade. We won't call it the Ben Simmons trade. But I got to say, I, I'm going under. And I, I really think it's zero. And if they get knocked out by the Celtics in the first round, like, this is going to be the biggest egg on their face that they could wow, have. So you're, you're saying he ain't playing any games. He's I'm not, saying he's done he's for the season. Street closed the whole way through. I mean, yeah, why even tease it? And why even tease it? Why even talk about him? Why is he even there? I mean, I I'm going under for other reasons. Like I, I just I just feel like he's saying he's already got a back injury. He's already hurt. So if they do get him on the court at some capacity, I just feel like he's not going to be ready to play basketball no. or ready to make contributions. And I just think the Nets are going to get, I do think the Nets are going to get bounced 
like out of this. Like I don't think they're gonna get to the finals. So I don't think he's gonna even have an opportunity to make an impact, whether it's he doesn't get in shape to play or he doesn't even get healthy to play. Like, what does that say about the game of basketball if this dude could just sit out all year and then all of a sudden come in, into the playoffs and like be spot on? Like this guy has trouble hitting hitting jump shots. Like how is he just gonna come into like a a high pressure game against Philly or against the Heat? Or against the box and just be like, "Wow, he really just—we weren't expecting this." <laughs> like, really? Right. He couldn't handle the pressure of Philly, right? So we, oh, let's t- let's send him to New York, right? You know, there's no pressure in New York, absolutely not. The—it's just—it's been a sideshow with both sides. It was a sideshow with Simmons. It's been a sideshow with the Nets, and it feels like it's the perfect confluence of events, and. Frankly, it, real basketball fans should be rooting against the Brooklyn Nets because you are, by by rooting for the Nets, you're saying that you endorse what they were trying to do. And you can't endorse what they were trying to do. Like, that's just, that's not the way the game of basketball works. You have to play with your team the entirety of the season. You can't just take off all the time. And if they make a run and they win the the whole thing, all that's going to do is embolden teams to do the same thing. It's just, it's a bad precedent. And I, I don't want that to happen. I still believe in athletic competition. I still want that to go down. And for them to, for the Nets to cruise through this thing, and then get Ben Simmons and have him join the party. It's just a bad look. It's a bad look for the sport. Not only that, but if things are really, if things are going well, like you're up 2-0 on Boston or you're up 3-1, like why would you even bring him in? Like what? Why would you disrupt your flow? Like why would you? Why would you disrupt the? you know good things are going on maybe he comes if they are having trouble or maybe he comes if Kyrie or Kevin Durant get hurt I just I can't see how this man could have a positive impact on this team at this point in the season I don't I don't know either I mean the only thing about it that I think would be positive is that he's probably the only Brooklyn net that would play a speck of defense like Ben Simmons is a defensive stalwart. So if his back injury, if his back injury is, you know, manageable, he should be able, he should be able to get on that court and he should be able to mark one of the better players. He should be able to shut down a Jalen Brown. He should be able to shut down a Jason Tatum. I can He's... shut down Jalen Brown. <laughs> Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. While while the Nets try to figure out when to insert Ben Simmons, teams are going to have to start figuring out what they're going to do if they have to play the Raptors. Canada is not allowing any unvaccinated players to come into the country. 76ers forward Matisse Thibel will miss 
discuss all of the games played in Toronto for the Raptors 76ers series. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Well, I mean, you're looking at a guy who averaged, averaged 5.7 points per game, 2.3 rebounds, one assist. Okay, so nothing great to say the least. But you're looking at from a defensive ability, right? That's really where he kind of shines. It's a huge gamesmanship advantage. And it would behoove teams to get their players at least partially vaccinated. Because Kyrie Irving, I'm looking at you. If the Nets somehow play the Raptors, right? You're now going to be without Kyrie Irving. So it's a huge gamesmanship advantage provided that the player is actually, you know, one of the upper echelon players. And I think that, you know, Canada and the Toronto Raptors are going to exploit as much as they can, but I don't think they're good enough to make a big run. So it's fine in a short burst, but... Ultimately, I see it as a very little deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's no deal. The 76ers should be able to beat the Raptors without Thibault. He's an excellent defender and a valuable part of the 76ers, but really it should be Joel Embiid and James Harden will determine if the 76ers win or lose, not Thibault. I believe Joel Embiid is the first center since Shaq to win the scoring title. Very impressive. Um, Embiid should be the MVP, but unfortunately the MVP award is a popularity contest, and it's unclear who's going to win that as of right now. But yeah, I, it, it's it's nice for the Raptors to kind of have this advantage over teams that are coming in. And there are some teams that I think are fully vaccinated. So uh, this is just a situation where, like you said, the Nets will be without Kyrie Irving, and the 76ers are only going to be without Thibault. But it's a nice card to play. Yeah, and the Raptors are also going to be on the road for the majority of the series because they're the sixth seed. So it's one of those things that, you know, you're really not, excuse me, they're the five seed. So they're going to be on the road regardless, unless they're the last team standing. They're the highest seed left, which means that all hell has broken loose in the Eastern Conference. But stranger things have happened. But, um, yeah, I really don't see how this benefits them outside of, you know, one series because they're going to go, they're going to run up against a team that is better than them. And even with vaccination status, they're not going, it's not going to matter because James Harden and Joel Embiid have something to prove. And unless you would, you would think so, right? I mean, apparently James Harden doesn't see, think he has any pressure. And there's nothing, you know, riding on anything he's going to do in the next couple of weeks. I think he's tremendously misinformed. I mean, yeah. they, he, you know, the 76ers traded a whole lot thinking that you, you were the most important asset for them to compete for a championship. And the idea that you, you don't, you're just going to tread lightly in the playoffs. Uh, and especially if you've got to face the Nets at some point, I think you're tremendously misinformed, my friend. I don't understand what, what his thought process is. I mean, you were the star of this major, tr- this earth-shattering trade that 
was supposed that that changed the complex the complexity of an entire conference, and there's no pressure on you. I, I don't think so. Like even Paul George is scratching his head on that one. So it's got to be your bull. It's got to be your bull. No, that 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 is bull. That's that's a he he should be on Chicago. That's so much bull. So no pressure. It comes with the territory, right? It. it John, like John Hamm, as Don Draper said, that's what the money's for. This is where the pressure is. This is this. These are the strings that come with superstardom. And he's playing lousy lately too. So I, maybe that's why. Maybe you need to take it a little bit more seriously and start playing better. But you know, with the playoffs essentially, you know, set aside from the play-in game today and tomorrow, uh, who do you have coming out of the East and the West? Man, it's, it's feeling really chalky. It really is. It's feeling that's very... What the, that's what the NBA is, right? That's what it is. I mean, yeah. You don't, you don't get higher than five or six seeds, like, making a, making a run, man. That's true. I mean, the, the last time we were pleasantly surprised was, what, the Miami Heat a few years back? Well, that's the only thing I don't get about the NBA, and that was, that was what, their COVID? It was the bubble. You know, yeah. you know, NBA tries to play it up this playing game. Like, who gives a shit who gets into the play-in game? Like, none of these teams are going to make it to the championship. Like, I'm sorry. This is this is not important at all. They want to chalk it up and make it look like it's important. But the, the NBA is severely flawed in how they do their playoffs, how they do their regular season. I mean, it's trash. We're, so, we're, we're right now, uh, the, 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 the Hawks are thumping the Hornets, the 9 and the 10. The nine is thumping the ten team, which it should, right? I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't see like any surprises coming out of this. But this is the this is what they wanted though, because this is a star-driven league, right? You want eyeballs on TV, you want asses in seats. So if I'm Adam Silver, if I am the Muppet that's in charge of the NBA. I want the Nets and I want the Hawks, right? Because I want Trey Young. If I'm in the Western Conference, I didn't want the Timberwolves. I did not. The T- I did not want the T Wolves at all. I want Kawhi Leonard. I want the Clippers in there. If I'm rooting for that, of what's left, I gotta say, like, I'm a. I would want CJ McCollum and the Pelicans. Like, I. I CJ McCollum because Zion hasn't played a minute this season. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's the, he's the Ben Simmons of the Western Conference. So you know it would be a great story if John Moran took the Grizzlies to the finals while Zion Williamson is eating his way out of the league. Like that would be a fantastic no, performing story. Performing three sixty dunks for Instagram. Right, and then going to eat his way out of the league because anybody can muster up the energy to do one dunk. Right, so again, it's like the it's the the whole nature of social media. You're gonna do it once, and then that's gonna be the image. Meanwhile, what are you actually doing the entire time? Boomerang it, boomerang it. Yeah, exactly. Um, as far as who's who, I see in the finals. Yeah, I got. I'm I'm leaning towards a rematch of last year. I'm really I'm uh, unless Chris Paul gets hurt. I'm, I see Suns Bucks again, but different outcome. I see the Suns taking it this year. Oh God, help us all! <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll say this: uh, when we sat down and look at this, I actually have Miami coming out of the East. I know they're the one seed, 
I guess that's why I'm okay with you being chalky. I just think Kyle Lowry, Bam, and Jimmy Butler can help them, you know, beat every team in the East. I do think I, I think Coach Spo is, is a really good coach. I feel like Boston is going to get knocked. That's <laughs> what, as much as I counter what I said earlier, they have. The, you're right. They have a good chance of getting knocked out by the Nets. I'm not saying the Nets are going to win the championship or get there, but I think you know they have a they have. There's a part of them that could get knocked out because they're missing their center. They're missing one of their best players. Um, I don't believe in the Bulls. I don't believe in the Raptors. I don't believe in the Hawks. I don't believe in the Cavs. James Harden, like we just spoke about, he seems to think that this is a holiday and he needs to elevate his play if they're gonna if they're gonna get to the chip. The Bucks just seem lazy. Like like I said, resting your stars. How incompetent does that sound? Like you could have been a one seed and you're resting players. I mean, that just that just tells me that you're not you're you're not ready. And I think they're gonna have a tough time beating Miami, Philly, or or even Brooklyn in a seven game series. Like I don't think the Nets have played together long enough to beat some of the better teams in the league that have been playing together all season. And I also think Nash could get out coached by a coach spell. And like we talked about before, Ben Simmons is an X factor that's never going to show up. Um, hey, in the West, I actually like the Golden State Warriors, especially if if they're all healthy. If Steph, if Seth, if Steph comes back restored and healthy, they can shoot the lights out of some of these teams. Uh, Phoenix is a Chris Paul injury away from being eliminated. That's just facts, man. If they don't have him, they've shown they struggle. Uh, Dallas just lost Dantich. I've had a calf strain. It is not easy to come back. I think that's that's not something that happens overnight. You can electrolysis that thing. You can heat it. You can rub it all you want. 15 minutes into a game, that thing is going to pull, and it hurts. Now, how boneheaded is this move? Because what did you have to gain by playing Luka Doncic in that game, though? You had your you have your seed locked up. There's no, I mean. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like we like like I talked about earlier, it's like you gotta play your players. Let players play. I. But this is the risk you run. Yeah, yeah, truly. I mean, this he remember if you remember he was hurt last year really bad, mm-hmm. like really bad. I think his shoulder. He had like a nerve damage in his shoulder and his back. He missed the game, came back and like lit it up for like forty points. But ultimately, he was just too hurt to move on. Um. Minnesota's young. I think they're good. Um, Memphis is young. They're good. I just they're not gonna beat like some of these veteran teams. Utah's not a talent, not a challenge. Um, and Denver is still missing Murray. So um, yeah, that's I'm I'm on Golden State. I just think if Clay and Steph are fire, they're just they're gonna do they're gonna get to the end. They're gonna at least get to the the, the, the Western Conference Finals. And then if they have to play a team like Phoenix without Chris Paul, I mean, they could totally win that game. Absolutely. I mean, Golden State has the pedigree and they have the experience that you can't count out. You can't discount them. That's why even last year with the injury, you, you can't discount what they've done because they've been there, you know? They are the giant that these other teams pretend to be. So... Yeah. It, it makes, you know, it would make for a wonderful story if they get to the end. And honestly, the most intriguing, now that you mentioned the, the Golden State Warriors, I would like to see Warriors Nets. 
Yeah, yeah. I think we all would. But... I, I think that would yeah. be the most intriguing, you know? the. But I actually but... think that would be a bad matchup for the Warriors. Like, I think that would be tough for them to deal with because there's nobody on their team that could guard Kevin Durant. I don't think Draymond Green can guard Kevin Durant. And I've seen Steph and Clay try to guard Ky, uh, um, Ky, Ty Irving, and they haven't been able to. So I, I think that would be a mismatch, and I think the Nets would have the upper hand in that. And then if you, if you, if Ben does come back for that series, that's totally a problem because Ben can totally guard Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, he could guard Steph Curry, but you also, I mean, you have depth in scoring, you know? it's You do have more guys besides the Splash Brothers. And honestly, like, Andre Iguodala in bursts can probably hang with Durant for a little while. He may not totally shut him down, but Andre Iguodala is a phenomenal defender. So it's definitely something that, you know, we shouldn't discount. But... That might be, like, the best of the series, but I think probably the worst of... (laughs) Probably anything involving, like, the Grizzlies or the Jazz or a team that doesn't really have that kind of national fan base, it's going to be kind of, like... It's going to be a waste of time. I'm really excited for our next segment because I have been watching a ton of baseball the last couple of days. I'm surprisingly, like, very, very excited... Uh, the 2022 MLB season started last week, and the league also approved the use of PitchCom. I believe only a handful of teams are not using it. What are your thoughts on the product and how it works? So, in theory, the, the communication between the catcher is more seamless and straightforward, right? That's what the that's what they're saying. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> So instead of using the finger signals, which can be easily decoded, you have a forearm sleeve similar to what they have with their scouting reports as is. It's got nine buttons for the pitches and the location. The pitcher has something in their cap, which has already kind of been faulty tonight in the Yankees-Blue Jays game. Barrios had to take his hat off and he's sticking it next to his ear. And there's like... It's like, I can't hear anything. Like, can we go with an earwig or something? Like, I, I don't know. But the pitcher has one. The catcher has one in his helmet. Uh, the center fielder, I believe, has one. They can have one. Uh, the middle infielders, just to relay certain things like pitch outs and things of that nature. And then well, from Garrett there... Cole crushing it tonight. Oh, you know, like Garrett, Garrett Cole is just, you know... <laughs> Old King Cole's really back to normal, giving us the Cole shoulder, you know. So, I don't know. I, I It's going to take a while to grow on me. I understand where they're going with this. I think it just needs to be flushed out a little bit more because, like, what if the Wi-Fi goes down? You know, uh, other things that it's over an encrypted channel, but can there be a jammer? Right? Is there something that they can do to kind of you know, like the headsets in football? Right? Sometimes, oh, magically they get jammed. So, is this going to be an issue moving forward where you know they're manipulating technology in order to gain a competitive advantage so that teams go back to finger signs, which has happened already? James McCann was wearing it for the Mets. He went back to finger signs because it wasn't working. So, you know, 
I'll chalk the early part to them ironing out the bugs, but I still need to see more of it before I'm 100% on board. Yeah, while, while I applaud MLB's use of technology, like, why does this have to be so fucking complicated? Like, why can't <laughs> they just give the... Why can't they just give the person giving the catcher the signs the pad who's sitting in the dugout and let him just type in what he wants so that both the pat the catcher and the pitcher hear it why do we have to have the, the catcher it looks like he's he's making a of he's texting on a cell phone on his knee and then waiting for you know the, the pitcher to agree on it and then going from there like i just why don't you just give them both an earpiece and let the pitching coach just tell them what he wants the guy to throw like why is that so far-fetched do you it, have it, any it, idea i mean it's not that far-fetched it's the illusion that the catcher is still calling the game just like yeah, it's the I, illu- just like it's the illusion and vladimir guerrero just hit his third home run of the game wow <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Boom. so like how about just giving the pitching coach a headset and let him just tell the pitcher and the catcher what to throw right it's if also the guy if the guy hears it he hears it like whatever like it shouldn't be this overly complicated coding system and let me say something in in football you're right you know certain things happen where headsets don't work they're on a private channel that nobody nobody can really hack you live with that that's what you live with and you know if, if somebody's caught hacking the channel or it goes down then you can't use it. I just, I just, I don't know. I just think they're just going a little too excessive over it. It's it is, crazy. but you know, but it's a, but this is what Major League Baseball is all about—an overreaction, right? Now you're strip searching pitchers because of the spider tag situation. You now have this convoluted thing on the catcher's on the catcher's wrist, and now you're looping in so many other players. It's. Again, it's just a hand grenade when you don't need to use a hand grenade. It shows a lack of, you know, there's a lack of nuance, a lack of understanding. You can fix this without going nuclear all the time. <laughs> you can. It and could be simple. It could be real it, simple. It now. can absolutely be simpler, but this is what, this is Major League Baseball's move. They've... The GM has replaced the manager. The pitching coach is now replacing the catcher. Like, where does it end? I just want to know, what is the end? Like, the coaches are, like, living living vicariously through these guys. At what point are you going to let them be baseball players and actually make a decision? I I just want to know. Just please. Like, part of the game is between the ears. That's the beauty of this game. It's a chess. It's a physical chess so, match. So now that they do it this way, I mean, is the pitcher still allowed to shake off the catcher? I oh, mean, is th- that, that still happened. allowed? That happened. And then he went to his wrist, and then he, he uh, dialed another number. <laughs> and then I think the pitcher did that again. You know, like I think he finally they finally got on the same page. But... You can call pickoffs from there. You can call throws to first base from there. You can call a step off. You can call, you know. Hey, I'll throw it. You just make sure you catch it. <laughs> I will if it ever gets to me. That's that's it, man. Uh, but moving on to our uh, last baseball story, I watched this in live time 
Uh, so Alex <laughs> Bohm of the Phillies had some choice words after making three errors within the first three innings of the Mets-Phillies game on Monday night. Cameras were able to pick up Bohm saying, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> and the media could not wait to attack him after the game. He apologized after the Phillies rallied late to beat the Mets 5-4. Should Philly hold the kids' feet to the fire or just let this go? I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. Watching Mets-Phillies, I am surprised at how they greeted this kid last night. Pinch hit at bat, standing ovation. So, I didn't know you had it in you, Philly. That's class. That's class. That's, that's class. This wow, is the same the same city that booed Michael Irvin while he was on a fucking gurney. The same city that booed Santa Claus. Booed Santa Claus. He's a fat, jolly man who gives gifts to kids. And they booed him in Philly. The same city that has the ugliest hockey jersey in the NHL. And mascot. Let's not forget Gritty. Let's not yeah. Gritty. Gritty is like the Philly the, the Philly fanatic too. That's another one that they can keep. But like unbelievable. But that was a class act by them. It's very reminiscent to me of 1994, I believe, when Jack McDowell of the Yankees got bombed and they booed him as he was walking off the mound. Gave him the old gave him the old bird. He gave him the whirly bird. Apologized after the game. His next start, standing ovation. He stood up to the bully. And that's exactly what Alec Bohm did. He stood up to the bully. He stayed at his locker, answered every question, said, yeah, I said it. It was in the heat of the moment. I was frustrated because I made my third error of the game. Yeah, it's completely understandable. Kudos to him. Class act. Kudos to Philly. Didn't know you had it in you. Congratulations. Yeah, I, I didn't think that he would survive this. Just, you know, he's not Mike Schmidt. And, you know, Philly also has a rookie waiting in the wings to, to run Bohm's spot. But, hey, listen, I get it. I mean, errors are frustrating. I think we've all had times when we've made mistakes at work and we question why are we still here at some point. Maybe not out loud so anybody could hear. But, you know, it, you know, I, I get his frustration. It was... Yeah, you know, I'm sure he didn't mean anything by it. It was just, you know, it was just a frustrating night for him. Absolutely. But, you know, like speaking from personal experience, I have said many a time, I fucking hate this place. So uh, we've all been there. And if anybody's right. seen my resume, I have, I have jumped around a lot, a lot. But I completely understand his frustration. And, uh, you know, they also, Philly has a very high standard. They were also... They were very hesitant to embrace Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, pretty good, wasn't he? I, I, you know, just between oh, you and me. My favorite third baseman of all time. Scott Rowland was an all-time great, and he's like, "Ah, oh, he's not Mike Schmidt." Maybe your standards are too high, Philly. Maybe your standards are just too high. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians.com 
at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement. If we agree with the statement, it is no shit. If we disagree with the statement, it is bullshit. Are you ready, D? Ready. Bullshit or no shit number one. Aaron Judge will wear a different uniform next season. Uh, I'm no shit on this one. I mean, teams are going to throw money at him because they think he could be the pillar of their organization for years to come. I think they're gonna they're gonna you know look past a Rod deal, look past the Pujols deal. If you're a team like the Tigers or the Giants, which I think are gonna make the strongest offers, you've got nothing to lose and followed by the Cubs, Twins, Pirates, Rockies, and Reds, you're going to give him all the money you got because at least for five out of the nine years, you're going to have a pillar for your organization. It's tough because he is going into, I mean, he's in his early 30s already. You're looking, he'll be 31 next season. Um, it's teams are going to be a little hesitant to offer long-term deals. And frankly, I wouldn't blame them because if you ink Aaron Judge to a nine-year contract, you're signing him to his age 40 season. I don't know if that's something that teams will want to do unless it includes multiple opt-outs. So that being said, I'm still going to go no shit just because it came from the horse's mouth himself. Brian Cashman does not seem too keen on bringing Aaron Judge back. Now, I understand that from the gamesmanship's negotiating standpoint, he's just trying to manage expectations and keep the price low. I understand that. But, I mean, Aaron Judge is going to get his contract. He may not get nine years. Maybe he'll get six. But he's going to get the AAV that he wants. And San Francisco is definitely going to be one of those teams that you need to look out for San Diego, they just, San Diego just prints money. Like, San Diego and the Dodgers, they just get, add, they add, and they add, and they add, and they add, and it doesn't seem like there's anything stopping them in sight. So, any of those three West Coast teams could definitely be in play for Aaron Judge, and... You know, it seems like a fait accompli that he will not be back in the Bronx next year. Bullshit or no shit. Number two. Two quarterbacks will be drafted in the first round of this year's NFL draft. Uh, yeah, I'm going bullshit. I mean, I have I have uh, Kenny Pickett going to the Panthers at six, and that's it. I know Seattle might be in the market for a quarterback, and... I think, uh, who else might be in the market for a quarterback? I don't know. I mean, maybe Pittsburgh, but I, I only have Pickett going. I think Malik Willis and Carson Strong get drafted, but I just don't think it's going to be in the first round. It's going to be close. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as we know. So, you know, 
there were teams that didn't think Patrick Mahomes was going to was worthy of being the, a tenth overall pick. He kind of looked bad. Kind of a little bad. A little bad. A little bad. Good job by the Chiefs moving up, but you know, a little bad. I'm gonna go with. Eh, I'm gonna go with no shit on this one. I'm gonna push. Exactly two. Exactly two. I don't think Corral is going to be the guy. I think it's going to be Willis, and I think it's going to be Pickett. And I'm going to say that Atlanta's going to take Willis at eight, and then Pickett is going to drop. And Pickett is going to drop to Pittsburgh. So I'm going to go with those. Washington may be tempted, but they already have three fucking quarterbacks on their roster. So... How many more do you need? I'm going to go exactly those two, and we'll see what happens. So I'm going to go with Atlanta taking Willis, and then Pickett is going to charge downward to the the Steelers at 20. Bullshit or no shit. Number three, Chris Paddock will outplay Chris Bassett this season. All right, listen. I am going to say no shit on principle because I have a bet with a friend of mine on this on these two players. <laughs> I don't know why Met fans love Chris Bassett so much. Paddock is younger. He makes less money. But whatever. All the stats point to Bassett as probably going to have a better season. But out of principle, I'm taking Paddock. In the Since 2018, Chris Bassett is the third lowest ERA of all American League pitchers. That's a fantastic. That's a fantastic ERA. It's like three point two three. I believe. Screw him. He's in the National League now. <laughs> and arguably, he's playing weaker competition, right? Because now he gets the Marlins nineteen times a year. He used to be on the National, the American League West equivalent of the Marlins, but now he's on. He's on a team that actually has some bats. The bullpen is an issue, so. There may be uh, a few inherited runners that that score that will get charged to Bassett, but ultimately, you know, Chris Paddock, it's been a slide. It definitely has been a slide since his rookie year. I mean, his ERA is almost a full run higher. The good thing about Paddock moving from San Diego to Minnesota is that Minnesota is a more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So we will see if that helps any. Surprising, I mean, they're kind of hovering around the same for their career. Like, Paddock is one game over 500. Bassett is only seven games over 500 for his career. Bassett only has one career complete game. So I'm going to go, I mean, all the numbers, like you said, point to Chris Bassett, everything except for age. Like, long-term, Chris Paddock is probably going to be the better pick because he's six years younger. So there's a lot of room to grow. But this year, I'm going to go I'm gonna go bullshit, and I'm going to say Chris Bassett is going to have a better year this year because he's more polished and he's in a better situation. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. 
I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook, eat how you want to eat, eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. The poll goes up after the show. And you have until next week's show to vote. So plenty of time to get those votes in. And do you know who won the ass last week, D? No, I don't. One Mr. Adam Schefter. That's a pretty bad one, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Adam Schefter, that was very uncalled for in reference to Dwayne Haskins. And you deserve to be called to the carpet. You deserve to be called called to task for it. And yeah. I'm glad he apologized and he backed off of it. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees this week, D? All right. So first up, I've got Bruce Brown claiming the Nets will have a better chance attacking Horford and Thies since Robert Williams is out. Durant quickly walked back to comments when he took the stage for his press conference. Bruce Brown, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two. Carl Anthony Towns only 11 points in the in the playing game. You're supposed to be the leader of the team and the face of the franchise. Carl Anthony Towns, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly least, Raiders upper management giving Derek Carr a $120 million extension when he's never even won a playoff game and he's the third or the fourth best quarterback in the division. Raiders, you are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, T? All good choices. I had six this week. <laughs> I'm not going to give... Tough I'm, week for some people, I guess. A, it's a tough week, and I'm not going to go with all six because, frankly, you know, that, that's a lot. That really is a lot. And You know, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to go off on a rant here, but, you know... We're going to start with Rob Manfred, our buddy, he's back, for gifting MLB players headphones after the contentious labor battle that resulted in the delay of spring training and regular season. But, you know, free headphones! That'll make everything go away, Rob. Like your fans! Rob Manfred, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Baker Mayfield... He's been on here before for continuing to chirp about being disrespected by the Browns when they acquired Deshaun Watson. Dude, they wouldn't have done it if you got the job done two years ago. Yes, you're gritty. Yes, you're gutty. But a wise man once said, son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Baker Mayfield, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Do you think we'll see him in any progressive commercials this year? I doubt it, but I, I also don't think Deshaun Watson is getting that either. 
It might be another one for Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, I would choose him. Like, that's, uh, I, I would say that's a, a smart bet if I'm progressive. Because, you know, nobody's going to want to put a backup quarterback as a, a pitchman. I'm just saying. Speaking of backup quarterbacks. That's right. You're back, Cam Newton. You are back for your comments, your chauvinistic comments regarding women who can't cook and don't know how to be quiet and let a man lead on a podcast this past Monday. You're back. You're back. Except this time, they can't take your Oiko sponsorship because guess what? You ain't good enough to have an Oiko sponsorship. Cam Newton, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece here. I think we've made our cases. The poll goes up after the show and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up! All right, boys and girls, it is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the five American League players that we believe can go toe-to-toe with Shohei Otani for the MVP. We're going to rank them from five to one. Who you got, D? All right, so at number five, I'm going to start with an oldie, but it, but usually a goodie. Mike Trout, 